made on Zencaster. Are you Tony Stank? I am Iron Man. Stank, stank, stank. Genius billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. You stank, you stank. I am Iron Man. Oh, that's probably the best intro that's ever been made. If I had yeah, that. no, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, no, you did good. You timed that well. It all sounded perfect. Fantastic stuff. Hello. Welcome to the show. This is Stark or Stank. This week we're talking about Ant-Man. My name is Aaron. I'm here with Josh. Every time you say the title of the podcast, do you have to remember which one goes for, like, you have to, like, check yourself? Because I do. Yes. Yeah. Before I, I sit down, I go, okay, which one are we doing? It's it's either Stark or Stank or Total Badness Podcast. And then no, no, I mean specifically, do you have to like figure out the order? Like, is it Stank or Stark or is it Stark or Stank? Because I oh, have no, to I check don't. myself on that. No, I know the name of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd think, being the one who pitched it, that I would also know it. But no, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, this uh, is going to be about Ant-Man, the first one. And, yep, uh, the, the, the finale to Phase 2 of the MCU. This is, yes, this is the finale of Phase 2. What a way to go out. Do you find it funny that uh, all the phases tend to... Wait, hang on. What did Phase 1 end with? Was that ending with Avengers? Avengers? Yeah. Okay, so apart from Phase 1, so let's just say Phase 2 <clears> and Phase 3, they <throat> mm-hmm. both ended on smaller solo outings following a big Avengers blowout. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's like a reason for that. Don't know. It's you, like you that season expect. of Buffy. Sure. It all comes back to Joss Whedon in the season end. Season three? Yeah, I couldn't argue with you if it wasn't. <laughs> really should watch Buffy. Um, There's a se- okay, so at one of the seasons, one of the early seasons, they have like the big episode, you know, like the big end of season episode. Yeah, the, the big, like, we've, we've wrapped up all our plot arcs. And then episode. the... And then the last episode of the season was just about, like, them having, like, a shared dream. Wow. Yeah. Is that anticlimactic? Like, because no. you still you still have your climax. It's just there's also this weird interlude afterwards. Yeah. And know. that's what Ant-Man is. Still a pretty good episode. Anyway, yes, Ant-Man is a pretty good a- end of a face. Here we go. Let's talk about Ant-Man. Uh, we've got to do the trivia, which we call... Captain's got to teach stuff! And Captain's so... Captain's got to teach stuff. Captain's got to teach stuff. This, um, this is one of those ones that had, like, a long history behind it, and... A rather troubled, uh... De- not a development. What's the word? Production? Yeah, de- well, no, production went okay. Yeah, de- development is, is definitely where I would put the oh, trouble. Okay. Uh, but before we get to the, the trouble, um... This is this has Paul Rudd in it. He's that is cool. correct. It does have Paul Rudd in it. And uh, when Paul Rudd told his nine-year-old son he was going to be Ant-Man, his son said, "Wow, I can't wait wait to see how stupid that'll be." <laughs> oh, the disrespect! <laughs> I'm like getting a second-hand burn off of that. Jesus, That's how old was his son? <laughs> nine. That's absolutely something my son would say if I told him I was going to do something cool. Oh, I've never seen such. I've never heard of such a brutal takedown by a nine-year-old. Because I, uh, oh. my my son is five, 
And if I show him something that I think is cool, he'll come over and go, wow, that's lame, and walk away. <laughs> I can believe that. I've met your son. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, at first, the film was meant to focus on the original Ant-Man, Hank Pym. However, Pym developed several personalities in the comics, one of whom abused his girlfriend, and producers decided he was not family-friendly. Instead, the focus shifted to Scott Lang, with Pym as a mentor and supporting character. Uh, I mean, you know... I feel like that's the correct choice. Like, with the direction that Marvel was going at this point, yes. and which they have continued to go on uh, mm. to till the present... That kind of darkness, I'm not sure, is really appropriate. Right. Uh, and Hank Pym's got a lot of baggage. Um, I think sort of redu- not reducing him, but like shifting his role to that of a cranky old mentor yeah. rather than the main focus uh, is mm-hmm. is a better, better job. And also, there's no point in doing Hank Pym unless you're also doing Ultron. And since we've already done Ultron, yeah, fuck it. Hank Pym can be a side character. Exactly. The most interesting thing about Hank Pym, apart from the spousal abuse, is always Ultron. Yeah. According to Michael Douglas, the costume for Paul Rudd had to be altered because of his muscles. (laughs) Rudd is shredded in this movie, I gotta say. There's that one scene... He's looking pretty lean. He's got his shirt off, he's looking shredded. Rudd has had gone on an extensive training and workout regimen in order to build the proper muscle size for a superhero, but Rudd had become so muscular that they had to soften his costume up. Um... In addition to getting in shape with the help of a trainer and weights, Paul Rudd worked with a gymnast. Rudd said of using a gymnast, I knew I was going to have to do rolls and flips and things like that. I just wanted to be as convincing as possible. And then they made it all in a computer. (laughs) Sure did. Uh, I mean, at least he tried. At least he tried. At least he tried. Uh, I... It's funny, I didn't really notice that he was in, like, really good shape while I was watching this, but now that you pointed out, yes, Paul Rudd is in very good shape in this movie. He's not quite, yeah. like, Chris Evans or Chris Hemsworth, but for Paul Rudd, no, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's looking pretty fucking ripped. Exactly. For Paul Rudd, <laughs> he's doing like, he's doing all right. I feel like that one's achievable. I can get that. I can't get Chris Hemsworth <laughs> or Chris Evans, but Paul Rudd ripped, I can maybe get that. <laughs> uh, so, this film has a long history of uh, production and uh, development. Mm -hmm. Uh, Director Edgar Wright, a big fan of Ant-Man, proposed the film to Marvel in 2003, describing it as an action-adventure comedy across genre, action, and special effects bonanza. He had been developing the movie since then, shooting a test reel and hiring the cast, and was close to begin shooting the movie. However, in 2014, he dropped out due to creative differences with Disney. Edgar Wright wanted the film to be completely standalone with no references to other films in the MCU. This plan did not match the studio plan for the MCU. This, among other factors, led to to Wright leaving. Although Edgar Wright dropped out of the movie, a large portion of his story is still present in the final movie. Simon Pegg described Edgar Wright's script as daring, fun, funny, and hugely exciting. He lamented that this script will not be made. Edgar Wright was responsible for casting Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, David Das Malchian, and Michael Pena. Hmm. Uh, well then, uh, since we never really get, well, we never really got the Edgar Wright directed MCU film out of this. Uh, mm-hmm. What? Who? Who would you give to Edgar Wright if you had a choice of any Marvel character to just be like here? 
now make a different movie, I guess. Oh yeah, if he if he was, he was to come back and he's like, uh, what about this one? Or um, I don't know. It's hard. That is a hard one because, like, I was trying to think of the answer that I would give uh, yeah. while I while you were talking and while I was formulating this question, and I could not fucking think of anything. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like it's got to be a, l- a little bit quirky, a little bit weird. Um, he he could mm. Wonder Man. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he could do like um, like a horror base, like a Ghost Rider, or a, ooh, uh, yeah, okay. Get the real Morbius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yep. Great. No, no. Give him the Punisher, but make it the yeah. way, that one time when Punisher was uh, Frankenstein. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Frankencastle. Frankencastle, yeah. That would be good. Uh, Peyton Reed, who's a huge Marvel fan, sees the opportunity to direct a film in the MCU, even if it meant stepping in at the last minute to take over a project previously held by Edgar Wright. Before the film's release, he went on the record as saying he'd absolutely direct the sequel, which he did end up doing. The director of this film, Peyton Reed, was considered to direct Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which was later directed by James Gunn. Reed was also attached at one point to direct the original Fantastic Four um, before dropping out and being replaced with Tim Story and... We all know how that went. No, we don't. Tell us. It's a shit movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, that's, that is an understatement. Uh, I mean, it's better than the second one. And it, it is... Mm, I've never sat through Fanforstic, but is it better than Fanforstic? I feel like yes. it is. It is easily... Fet- the few bits I've seen of Fanforstic made, Fet- made me want Fet- to gouge my eyes out. Fet- Fanforstic has this... Feeling that, which I mean, this is was later confirmed, but the, they just kicked the director out of the editing suite, and then the producers or whoever got in there and was like, "Okay, this is what we're gonna do," and then they just cut out ninety percent of the movie. It makes no sense. Like the editing's terrible. None of it makes sense from a plot perspective. It doesn't flow at all. Like every like from scene to scene, none of it connects or, or makes any sense it's a terrible Great. fucking movie that's what that's what you want from a film something that makes zero sense at all <sighs> good yep uh editor dan levent lebentel lebentel let anyway said that despite edgar wright's departure and peyton reed joining the project the studio still had held onto the original release date this meant that the film's post-production team lost 10 weeks of time in the process to complete the film uh, he said that it certainly accelerated the workload on the editing, sound, visual effects, and 3D rendering teams with their team doing the final mixing sound before some of the hundreds of visual effects shots even arrived for them. Uh, he also said that this is a norm in the business, but this was an extreme situation given Wright's departure and Reed joining. Huh. Tell well, you what, does, you, I, 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 it's fine. I, 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 none of all that- things considered, like this turned out pretty friggin' good. Yeah. Uh, like, I agree. I don't want to jump the gun here, but I think Ant Man is, you know, it's a very solid movie. I enjoy this movie a lot. It's fun. Well, it's there fun we go. and it's... good. I can, I can, I can say that like a movie is fun and also be like it's also terrible. No, this is a solid fun movie. <laughs> right. I like yeah. Ant Man. Yeah, I like this movie too. So now let's talk about Ant Man. Uh, where are we getting our synopsis from? 
Our synopsis comes from marvelcinematicuniverse.fandom.com slash wiki slash ant-man underscore high bracket film. Close bracket. Great, pay us. In 1989, Hank Pym resigns from S.H.I.E.L.D. after discovering Howard Stark's attempt to replicate his own shrinking technology, which Pym believes is very dangerous and vows to suppress it. In the present, Pym's estranged daughter, Hope Van Dyne, and protege Darren Cross have forced him from his own company, Pym Technologies. Furthermore, Pym is more devastated when Cross unravels... Unravels. That's not the that's not the word for this. But when Cross unravels his own project, an advanced shrinking suit named the Yellow Jacket suit, based on Pym's original technology. The word they want is unveil. Yeah, exactly. Unravels is not the word for that. That's what you do to a mystery or a sweater. So they've already they've already mixed this around. Good shit. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't have anything about this. So I'll just read the next paragraph, and hopefully it doesn't mix anything else in. Yeah, ho- hopefully we loop back to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. In the present day, Scott Lang has been released from San Quentin State Prison after serving three years for burglarizing a former employer. He reunites with his former cellmate, Luis. Luis? Luis. Luis. It, it, they, they say it, Luis, but I think it's like spelled L-U-I-S, which is Luis. like Luis. And his two other partners, Kurt... Oh, God. Kurt Gorishta... And Dave, who offer him a position in a burglary. However, Lang exploits his intention about going straight. Furthermore, he learns that his ex-wife has gotten engaged to a police officer, Jim Paxton. His wife also reveals that he cannot see their child anymore if he does not provide child support. Okay. This is jumping around everywhere. But, um, yeah, the opening scene. Yeah, that uh, cold open flashback in 1989. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. We got some... Younger, uh, younger Michael Douglas is pretty yep. pretty decent. Yeah, I, I yeah. hesitate to say young Michael Douglas because he's younger. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> but I, I think that's part of the appeal is they didn't shoot for too young. They 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 did something that was like achievable. Yeah, the right like it's the right kind of age bracket. Like we didn't try and shift him too many years out of where he actually is. He's still right. you know. Mature. Yeah, the de- uh, there's none of that weird eye or teeth shit going on that you no. always notice with the de-aging or uh, uh, aging. Mm-hmm. This was the first big de-aging thing in the MCU. Um, and uh, it worked out, yeah, it worked out really well. I mem- remember seeing this movie for the first time being like, holy shit, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, because I feel like the most notable... Uh, de-agings in big blockbuster movies before that were Tron? Oh, yeah. Tron, Which was... Tron had a bad one. Yeah, well, Jeff the thing Bridges. Was... Yeah, the problem with that movie was that he was just entirely CG, where, yes. like, the whatever the the technique is now, like, it uses... It layers it, it CG uses a realistic base. Yeah, exactly. Um, we where... do have some aging in the MCU. We have Peggy Carter in uh, yes. Winter Soldier, and that's, like fine but a bit uncanny this one's just solid all around i don't think i can really poke too many holes in younger michael douglas it's really good and uh we we have an older peggy here not you know as old as she was in uh winter soldier but yeah 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 someone around the same age yeah um so it's all really good stuff uh i really like the exposition in the scene because it doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like exposition it's just 
we're, we're alluding to some stuff. We know about pim particles. We know that Janet is a big deal. We don't know yeah. why. We're sort of planting the seeds for later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. A really good opening scene, and we get to know Hank, and uh, we get to see where um, S.H.I.E.L.D. slash Hydra are at this point. Yeah, because it all takes uh, place in the Triskelion, doesn't it? Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's a really good opening. And then... We cut to the. <laughs> I my notes here go from like my first note is de aging is here and it's good and old Peggy and then <laughs> my second note mm-hmm. takes a, a a very hard swing. Sure. From uh, wow special effects to very accurate depiction of the U.S. prison system with one white guy in a room full of blacks and Mexicans. And that's it. That's the podcast cancelled. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Hey, no, it's the, uh, <laughs> I'm not being racist. I'm saying America is racist. Uh, yeah, okay. You're pointing out the racism. That's yes, not racist. exactly. Okay, no. sure. Uh, look, that's a correct note. It shouldn't <laughs> be. Uh, I've got, goddamn, Scott can take a punch, but he can only barely dish him out at this point. Yes, yeah. God, he eats that punch real hard. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yeah. It's a, it's a fun scene. It's... They set it up as, like, this actual serious prison brawl, but then it's, like, kind of friendly and weird. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, I don't like that San Quentin always makes you think of St. Anger. Sure. Hate that. Yeah, no no one wants to remember St. Anger. Thanks, Metallica. (laughs) Except for that documentary. I like that. Yeah, look, Some Kind of Monster is an interesting thing, but that is not a great album. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh, and then, yeah, he, uh, he gets let out of prison and Michael Pena shows up and he's yeah, so, he sure does. so fucking good. That man is just so energetic. He's, uh-huh. he's very excited all the time and it's, it's infectious while he's on screen. I'm like, fuck yeah. I love everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though he's, he's got like maybe the most tragic backstory in the MCU <laughs> apart from Thor. <laughs> Yeah, everyone's dead, uh, but he's still got his van. So. Didn't his dad get deported? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. It's, it's rough, man. <laughs> he, he takes it on the chin, though. He's uh, he's he's handling it well. Uh, we get to see a little bit of uh, Scott's life now that he's an ex-con. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a job. He gets a job at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> Dealing with fucking morons. The one guy who's just like, <laughs> I don't know, I'll just take whatever's hot and fresh. Like, yeah, and at the at the end of the at the end of that scene when he gets called in the office and he just goes, Could you just take care of this idiot? and walks away. <laughs> yeah, he like palms him off onto someone else. <laughs> so good. Um We get the uh the classic line here. Mm-hmm. Baskin Robbins always finds out. They always they- find out. They find out that he's an ex-con and he lied to get the yep. job. And then they uh, promptly fire him. Despite yep. this like middle management dude being like, yeah, robbery, I like you. It's, <laughs> it's a like cool really, crime. He's like really cool about it. He's like, fuck yeah. yeah. I mean, I but no, I still got to fire you. <laughs> just uh, make sure you take one of those fucking drinks on the way out. And then he does. He cuts to him just walking down the street with the drink. So. Uh, Mi- up uh, middle management truly is the greatest villain of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, um, oh, yep. 
I was going to say, were you going to say we get introduced to PIM Technologies? Uh, no, I was going to say we get introduced to the the, the friends. But uh... Oh, yes, the supporting cast of X-Cons. Mm-hmm. Those guys are great. They're yeah, fantastic they comedic support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the fact that T.I.'s name is just Dave. Uh, I yep. just My note is just Dave. <laughs> That's all I've written. And um, so David Dasmalchian, um, who plays the other guy uh, with the name. Polka Dot Man? Yeah, he eventually played Polka Dot Man in The Suicide Squad. Um, but he said that uh, getting cast in this film couldn't have come at a better time, given that his wife was pregnant with their first child and they only had $400 in the bank. Uh, oh, David, Jesus. Yeah, Dasmalchian initially feared that his casting was in jeopardy when Edgar Wright departed the project, as Wright had personally emailed the actor. But the fear came to pass as new director Peyton Reed was a fan of his act, fan of the actor after his work in The Dark Knight and Passengers. So I, I was going to say, this guy's had like a weird um, comic book-centric career in that he's been in three different superhero movies, The Dark Knight, Suicide Squad, and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just a weird thing, I guess. I think he's just a nerd. Yeah, that's <laughs> he likes also the stuff. Probably true. Who the fuck else would play Polka Dot Man? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and do it as well as he did. Yep. I didn't think uh, I could care about Polka Dot Man, but here we are. Tr- <laughs> truly an impossible task. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he took to it with a plum. Mm-hmm. Um Yes, so then yes, we cut to Pim um, Technologies. We finally get like a new fictional tech company in this fucking universe yep we have to flesh it out a little bit we've got you know stark uh stark industries mm-hmm. and we've got rocks on kind of um uh, yeah and now now we have Pimtech. we got hammer we do have hammer we do have hammer uh how could i ever forget <laughs> how could you ever forget that hammer exists it's not like i'm constantly trying to purge the memory of iron man 2 from my mind <laughs> Some may call it the worst MCU movie. I, I know for a fact that we officially have done so since <laughs> it was reviewed on this podcast. Since it since it was put on the list, it has yes. comfortably sat in that number, <laughs> whatever the bottom is. Slot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, crotchety old Michael du- Michael Douglas is uh, not what I expected from Hank Pym, but mm-hmm. I do love it. It's very fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. He's he's really good in the movie. I think all the actors actually are really good in this movie. There's none that I'm like, oh fuck, that sucks. But yeah, there's no performance that really sticks out as bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that there's many that stand out as really really good, but right. this is one of them. <laughs> uh, I uh, this this is weird. So he he goes in and like he sees the guy that he he's he smashed his face into the desk in the first scene. Ah, uh, yes. the He's with the CIA now? Or the FBI? I don't know. They he's... Talk about him. S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, he was, he was S.H.I.E.L.D. when he smashed him in the face in the prologue. And now I think he's working with some other federal agency. He's... At but the end, later he on, can't... he is working with people from HYDRA. Yes. But he personally is not part of Hydra. Okay. Well, whatever. It, it's a weird and completely uh, ineffectual. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not relevant. It's not no. relevant to anything. But anyway, anyway, he says, How's your face? He sure does. And I'm like, That was decades ago. There's, surely they've seen each other one time since then. I doubt it. 
Hank Pym seems like the kind of guy that would hold a fucking grudge. <laughs> I haven't seen one. I haven't seen each other one time in the however many decades. Well, I mean, he was talking shit about his wife the last time they saw each other. So I would make a note of never speaking to that motherfucker ever again. Maybe he smashed his face again at some point. <laughs> Probably he does have a very <laughs> smashable face. Just smacking into doors, hit it into tables, yeah. elbow him a couple of times. Fuck that guy. Uh, they do a... Uh, we get some familial drama. You know how much I love familial drama in my yes. MCU. Yeah, she just um, she walks up beside him and she's like, hello, Hank, or whatever. She's like, He's like, you should call me dad. <laughs> and he says it just like that. You should Nobody check. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect Michael Douglas impersonation. That's my Michael Douglas. Great. I'm amazed you don't get like more impersonation work. I know. I should do Mario. I should do Hank Pym. <laughs> yes, these are all correct things that you're saying. <laughs> uh, yes. No. I, I like the family drama. Oh, this this whole movie is full of family drama, and it's really good. Oh yeah, on all sides. Yeah, we've got like family drama from Pim and Hope. We've got family drama with Scott and his family. We've got perceived family drama between like Cross and Pim, mm-hmm. where he's like, "I I was the son you never had," kind of deal. There's, yeah. It's all over the place. It's great. It's crazy that Vin Diesel's not here because he what loves ants? family drama. <laughs> what are ants if not a gigantic family? Exactly. Um. So while we're at uh, Pim Tech, we get some more exposition in the form of some archival footage, and it looks mm-hmm. great. It looks old and cheesy, and I love it. Yep. Like, there's a bit where he's, like, smashing up a fucking tank as Ant-Man, and they zoom yep. in on the grainy footage, and you barely tell it's a person. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fun. This is all fun. Uh, Darren Cross... Uh, played by um, Corey something. Yeah, he's a guy that I've not... I don't think I've seen him in anything else, but I could believe that he's a fairly well-known actor that I just haven't seen. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. He's... Uh, I-, I like him, too, in this movie. He's, he's good. Um, God, is he hateable? He's very... Yeah, like, he's... 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 Seems nice. Like, he seems like a nice guy and that but he's also very punchable he is like a more competent less flashy justin hammer right exactly i I still want to punch this man in the face but i feel like he could actually do something you know (laughs) right Corey stoll what's his name Corey stoll see that name sounds familiar and yet i'm sure Mm. i haven't seen him in anything else (laughs) Uh, Which is not a comment on him or his acting talent. That's a comment on me and my ability to watch movies. Sure. Uh, yeah, so we get, a, they... we get a bit of a fucking name drop as well around all this archival footage where mm-hmm. uh, Cross is talking about how the Ant Man's a myth. And, you know, it's propaganda. Tales to Astonish. Which. Oh, yes. Uh, Tales to Astonish number 27 was the first appearance of Hank Pym the Ant Man. Yeah. And I think also Wasp. Possibly, I think they. I think they might have both been in that, but uh, okay. definitely, definitely Hank. Yeah, so we get this little exposition. We get we get him revealing the yellow jacket and stuff, um, <laughs> unraveling as the <laughs> unraveling. Said. Yes, and uh, the, this one guy is like, imagine what our enemies could do with this tech. And I'm like, is this like the first guy in history to ever ask that question? <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> 
this shit's cool and all. But what if someone else had it? Would it be it would be less cool if someone else had it? I'm just you saying. Know, this is cool and all, but is it also kind of a bad idea? But maybe we shouldn't do this. Military yeah. escalation, maybe not the best idea? I don't know, man. I'm just spitballing. Maybe it's not a great idea to have miniature, like almost invisible to the naked eye super soldiers. I mean, it's like cool that. when we have them. <laughs> and Darren's like, you know what? That's a great point you've brought up, and we should totally talk about this later. I'll see you in the bathroom later. <laughs> um, um, the yellow jacket is way more cool sounding than Ant Man, and also that suit is way cooler looking too. Well, yeah, it is, but it's also that also you know it's uh, there's also a plot reason is that they have like a shit ton of money. Oh yes, 100%. where the Ant Man suit is from. Fucking decades ago. It's from the 70s and also, like, we've kind of updated it slightly. I will yeah. say, though, I gotta admire Cross's uh, commitment to the theme. We've got the show-off room where he's got the suit and you've got all the fucking hex, like, hexagon fixtures and shit yep. around. Mm -hmm. Which I did actually have to look it up because I'm like, are the hexagon things, I think, are they for wasps too or do bees do that? Uh, <laughs> it turns out wasps and bees both build their... Hives in uh, honeycomb structures. So I, I guess that's the best shape they can think of. Apparent, apparently, it's more efficient. I guess so. Uh, Corey Stoll described his character of Darren Cross as a shadowy version of Hank Pym. Cross is a guy who is not that dissimilar from Michael Douglas's character Hank Pym, a brilliant scientist who is not ethically pure. The great thing about the whole movie is that everybody is in those shades of grey. He has a point. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, the the main character is a thief. I'm going to say uh, more on this later, but um, Marvel's got this weird thing where they love throwing their heroes up against what if hero but bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, you look back at Iron Man 1 and it's like, what if it's just a evil and bigger Iron Man suit? Um, we We did get away from it for a little bit. Captain America and Red Skull. What if the super soldier bit evil? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of that going on. And we're back. And we will be back here again before we're through. Yeah. What uh, if Ant-Man but evil? <laughs> so we get the the birthday party. Oh, is the... Hmm. Yeah, the, no, birthday the birthday party, party is first, part of this is part. Is next, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because um, Hank is like, we... Uh, Hope is like, let me put on the suit, and Hank is like, no, I found a guy or whatever. And then we cut. But before we cut, we cut, I do need to point out, why is everything always super soldiers? I... She-Hulk had a point. <laughs> <laughs> she did have a point. Um, you know, I guess it's, it's the easiest way to just make a, a dude strong. It, it really is the easiest way to have evil tech corporation, or not even evil tech corporation, but just mm. tech company makes superpower right? that people can just have. Marvel is a bit more grounded in their heroes becoming heroes. They're, I mean, there's no... Is there a Superman type character that's like from another another planet and therefore has powers here because they're just from another planet and the, the sun here gives them powers? Like, mm, not that I can think of. What's Blue Marvel's deal? I don't, 
I don't oh, know. God, I don't know. Um, <sighs> I mean, Fantastic Four get their powers from fucking cosmic rays. Yeah, there was there were a lot of cosmic rays in the fifties and sixties. <laughs> yeah, strange that. And a lot of cocaine too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, not a huge amount of. I guess like Marvel, Captain Marvel. He's an yeah. alien. Yeah, mm, yeah, but it, mm, it's also mm, yeah. What's the centuries deal? I don't know. <laughs> Frankly, I don't want to know. Uh, anyway. Um, Birthday party. Yes. So fucking god damn it! Here's this scene has the fucking pop and popcorn song in the background, and before I was a dad, I was just like, "That's a weird fucking song." But now I know. Now that I'm a dad, I'm like, I know where that fucking song's from, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> I, uh, as a non-dad, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I'm gonna live in bl- in the background of the ignorance. birthday party. There's a song, pop and get your pop and pop and popcorn, pop and pop and popcorn. <laughs> it's a, I don't. I didn't take note of this at all. <laughs> it's a Wiggles song. Oh yeah, well that tracks. <sighs> I'm glad to know the Wiggles exist in the MCU. <laughs> yes, I can't wait to see them to get superpowers at some point. Oh, fuck, I forgot. Uh, before we move too far on, that stupid little um, proof of concept video that they show for the yellow jacket suit. Yep. Does it have Star Wars blaster noises in there? <laughs> like, oh, well, that's very actually Star a- Wars pew pew noises. That's, uh, I- I'll just say it now. That's that was a note I had for later because the, uh, later on when the, the yellow jacket suit actually gets used, it makes the same sounds. The laser sounds fired from yellow jacket suit are the same sound as the main gun on an ATAT being fired yes, in a Star Wars that's movie. What it is. <laughs> God damn it! Wow, so my you- ears are great. My eyes are <laughs> fucked, but my ears great. <laughs> so you are correct. It is the exact same noise. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, wiggles, love- huh? I love the ugly toy. It's fucking great. <laughs> that ugly bunny's the worst thing I've ever <laughs> seen. I hate it. It's great. But she loved it. And that's what matters. Uh, Tiny Cassie is adorable. Yeah. She's, she's really good in this so movie. so fucking good in this. Yeah. Yeah, she's a good little actress. Um, sucks that she's she's gone now. <laughs> she doesn't get to be in the MCU anymore. But Well, like, how old is she now? I don't know. I imagine not old enough to be like old Cassie Lang because we did have a time skip exactly. there. Cassie Lang, Ant Man. She's definitely not um, old enough. <laughs> There's a lot to love about the birthday like scene, but my favorite part is at the end when Scott's being escorted out by the cop, and he calls him an ass hat, mm-hmm. and he's told to watch his language. He's like, "Watch my language." I said hat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's uh, fourteen at the moment. Okay, she's you yeah. Could, you could do a statue movie with a fourteen-year-old. You could, work. but they did do a five-year skip. So yeah, yeah, sucks for her. And also the actress who's playing her in the upcoming uh, Quantumania. I like that actress. She's good in things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Catherine Newton. It just yeah, yeah, that's her name. I'm just yeah, sucks for. For the girl. <laughs> and also, it sucks even more for the girl that was in Endgame. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, we don't get a lot of recasting in the MCU, but that's like two actri- three actresses for the one character. One recasting makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I made this movie very political for some reason while I was watching it. <laughs> You're just in that mind frame while you were watching. I guess. I don't know, because <laughs> they have this conversation out. Uh, um, Scott and his wife have a conversation out the front. And um, he's uh, he mentions that her boyfriend's a cop. And she goes, at least he's not a crook. And I was like, no, but he is a cop, so. Yeah, it's not, like, is it better? Is it just <laughs> is a different really shade better? of not great? <laughs> like, at least Scott was robbing from the rich and giving to the poor, doing the whole Robin Hood kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I made this movie very political. <laughs> yep. Uh, look, it deals with, uh, you know, ex-cons and their struggles. I feel like mm. there's at least a little bit of politics in there, regardless of what we add to it. Birthday party scene's good. I like, um, again, I like all the actors. It's a good scene. Uh, we're setting up, you know, but Scott can't see his daughter. And that's up. Yeah, and we get like a bit of the, I mean, we get the setup of kind of what his arc is here, which is a redemption yeah. thing. But it's a redemption story in a weird backwards way where he's committed to not doing crimes anymore, but then he has to do crimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He has to do a crime to be redeemed from his crimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yep. It's, it's definitely weird. Uh, and then after this scene, we get the, the bathroom scene. Yes, uh, is that covered in the synopsis? Um, not in the next paragraph. Nope, it's just skipping straight to the safe. All right, well, I guess we'll talk about this. Darren Cross conducting business in the lavatory, truly a villain. Who yeah. the fuck goes into the bathroom specifically to talk to people? Unless, I mean, I guess he does murder the shit out of that guy. He sure does. Uh, but also, like, maybe he's just trying to do it, do another experiment. Maybe he makes, maybe he just makes him trying to make him small. No, he knows for a fact that that doesn't work at this point. <laughs> he knows. Ask all those lambs. But then it cuts to, <laughs> but then later on, you know, he's doing another experiment. So maybe that was just an experiment. Maybe he's still a nice guy, and that was just a whoopsie. There are uh, procedures for using live testing for this sort of stuff. Uh, you typically go through rats first, and uh, even then... I mean, he's obviously unhinged. But yeah. Yes, no, this man is insane. He turns a guy into jelly and then flushes him. <laughs> and I assume that jelly is still alive, because it is moving. Oh, gross. Don't say that. It's... I didn't even think about that. Yuck, no. And now he's been flushed. He's uh, he's jelly in the sewer. That guy's going to come back as a villain eventually. It's like those brains they made in real life. That yeah. Play Pong or whatever. Awful. Sign me up. <laughs> so, what? Sign you up to be your brain? Look, yeah. Well, look, it's about time, honestly. Um, <laughs> no, when I die, remove my brain and put it into a Pong machine. <laughs> I've put 20 minutes in and we know who the bad guy is and what he wants to do. Also, Corey Stoll is a good, nice guy villain. Even when he killed that guy, it was like an oopsie. He's He's got like a charm to him, but he is an utter psychopath. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hate him. He's great. <laughs> uh, now back to the synopsis. Relentless and hopeless. Lang inadvertently inadvertently accepts the burglary job offered by Luis when he is unable to strike up a job because of his negative 
criminal <laughs> criminal <laughs> records and background. Lang confidently infiltrates the house where he's supposed to break into and cracks open a safe and finds something which he refers to as an old motorcycle suit. He takes it to his apartment after escaping. He starts toying with it and wears the suit. Triggering a button, he inadvertently shrinks down to the size of an insect and struggles to return to his original size. Terrified by his enigmatic, frightening experience, he attempts to return it back to the house where he smuggled it from, only to be discovered by the police and arrested. Pim, the owner of the house which Lang broke into, poses as a lawyer and smuggles the Ant-Man suit to Lang's cell to help him break out. Although confused, Lang wears the suit and escapes the prison with the help of a group of ants. Yes, this is all accurate. Um, Lang's like so quick to compromise his morals. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Like he leaves the party. He's like, okay, no more crimes. Then he walks home. He's like, okay, shit, guys, tell me about that crime. <laughs> guys, I really need to do crimes. Okay. Uh, like I tried not, I tried no crimes and it, did, it hasn't been working for me. So crimes. But it is to see his daughter. You know, he loves his, he loves Cassie, which yeah. you know what? fair that that girl is just adorable Mm -hmm. i I would commit crimes to see a daughter (laughs) yeah yeah uh we the lewis recap yeah we get the first louise uh story time in the mcu uh which is fucking great the jazz music and Mm -hmm. just like how it cuts between all these different scenarios of people talking but it's all him voicing it and they're perfectly synced it's magical it's really fucking magic Mm mm-hmm uh, I mean, at some point, it kind of sounds like... But it is good. He's... Yeah, look, I'm not... I'm not going to say no to more of those. If they put one of those in Quantumania, I'll be happy. Yeah. I uh, There's one in Ant-Man and the Wasp that, that I think is even better than <laughs> one, the ones in this movie. But uh, we'll get there later. Um but look, it, it's a fun gag, and Luis is the kind of character that would be... Like, he's just super excited about everything. Of course, he would tell a story in this manner. Completely mm-hmm. scatterbrained. Uh, yeah. Third Strikers is a great softball team name. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> Third Strikers. That was Fuck. funny. Uh, what kind of fucking motorcycle are you riding with that helmet? A motorcycle um, suit? Yeah, I don't know, man. Really? It's- <laughs> like a really old motorcycle suit, maybe with a funky hell. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, obviously, it's the first thing that came to mind. And I guess that makes sense, because I don't know what I'd call it. Like a fumigation suit? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I don't know what the fuck this is. Um, it is a weed suit. <laughs> during Louis' story time, we get like the little first boobs I ever touched throwaway line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott's like, no, no, wrong details. Just, Focus. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very good. Uh, yeah. So we get some mini heist prep, which is fun. I love me a yep. good heist, and I love the little uh, montage for preparation. It's all very good. We get to see Scott that, like, despite appearing like a complete buffoon a lot of the time. Is, he does smart stuff. He's actually super skilled at burglary. The way he jumps yeah. over that fence, the way he cracks into that safe. It's He mm-hmm. does that fingerprint shit. Yep. It's ingenious. <laughs> he knows that the the safe door is made of the same steel from the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Like, he knows his stuff. He, he is yeah. skilled. Um, 
we get the planting of the tank keychain. This is the first yes. time we first time we see it or second time? First, I think. I I feel like because this is the first time I've mentioned it. Mm. But part of me is like, did he take it out of his pocket like at the security checkpoint at Pim Technologies? I don't recall. Mm. Anyway, I, I don't remember we, that. We definitely have it planted here. Yeah. Uh, and that'll come up a couple times later. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a Titanic recap that Iceberg <laughs> killed DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> the lady, she d- d- dropped the diamond off the edge of whatever. Yeah, yeah they're like, uh, th- that Iceberg killed DiCaprio. Then Dave says, that Iceberg killed everyone. And the other guy's like, no, not everyone. The old lady survived to drop the jewel off the edge. <laughs> It's fucking great. He also says, mm. in like the Flynn. <laughs> yeah. Um, how you say. Yes, how you say, in like the Flynn. Yes. All very good and uh, very funny. And yes, uh, character growth and um, uh, char- character... He's not du- He's not just a dumb dummy. Dumb dumb. Yeah, like, he's kind of a goofball. He's... He's not an idiot, but he is silly. Yes. Uh, and then when it comes to shit that he actually knows, he's super talented. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, the... the giant world is fucking terrifying. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, I love... Uh, so I've put here... Um, the VFX artist decided to incorporate techniques that would make this film different from other shrinking films and give an experimental look to the film. These techniques included uh, macro photography, digital, digital mats of enlarged environments, and motion capture. Trick photography was also employed. Close-ups, aerial shots, and long shots with wide lenses were the main techniques employed to get a good ambiance for Ant-Man <laughs> in a giant environment. Gotta get that ambiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all, all of the... The small stuff uh, is really fucking good. It's really well well made. It's all CG for the most part, um, but it yeah, it looks fucking. It's really good, and yeah, like you said, it's fucking terrifying. That giant rat. Oh yeah, horrifying. Uh, <laughs> there's a bit where Scott's tiny and he's about to see Louis like get ready for a bath. <laughs> yeah, he's like no. The implication no, no. is he's like I don't want to see that. <laughs> And he falls down the drain. Uh, um, this whole sequence is a really good uh, way of showing and not telling about the suit's whole deal. Because, like, obviously mm-hmm. we get to see him shrink. But during bits and pieces of it, like, there's a bit where he's on the dance floor and he's running across trying not to get stomped. And he does get stomped a couple of times. But he manages right. to, like, push the person off just by lifting his hands up. Mm-hmm. So, like, we don't know what the deal is with that. No one's explained it to us. But we kind of get it that he's tiny, but he's still got, like, the mass and strength of him. So I've put, when small, falling doesn't hurt. Because he, 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 like, shrinks, like, in the air and then falls. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. He clearly still has, like, the mass of himself because he falls out of the mm-hmm. bathtub, right? And then he right. cracks the tile despite being very, very small. Well, I've um, also put here, can break tiles, but not a vinyl record. Because he lands on that vinyl record... And it's fine. Hey, man, they don't build tiles like they used to build vinyl records. I guess so. And I've also put, do DJs even use vinyl records anymore? Uh, Political. Not a DJ. Very political today. So political. Um, So this sequence ends with him, like, 
flying out a window and onto a taxi outside, right? Yes. Uh, and there's like a little ding in the roof because he's tiny, but he still has his mass. Mm-hmm. And the driver inside is like, what the fuck? And then he, you know, re-embiggins <laughs> yeah. and then crushes the rest of the roof a little bit. The guy in that taxi, I don't know the actor's name, but I recognized him from the uh, old horror movie, The Stuff. Have you seen okay. The Stuff? I, I have not. The Stuff is great and you should watch it. And in it, he plays okay. a character called Chocolate Chip Charlie. <laughs> Great name. That's a fucking yep. great name. Because he's a like a snack food uh, magnate, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, the stuff's a weird movie about sentient <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> okay, it's I'll definitely great. watch it. I'll definitely watch it then. <laughs> sentient yogurt. Okay. Yes, I'll definitely watch the stuff. Uh, we have skipped over the um, the goat scene. The lamb scene. Well, goat lamb, whatever. It is, is it a goat? It's a. It's a. I'm not yeah. sure this actually makes any difference Wait, because my note say... here, my note He's... here is what is the moral difference between mice and lambs? Yeah, I've put what's the difference between mice and well, okay, yeah, uh, goats, but I, yeah, lambs. I put what's the what's difference the difference between mice and livestock? He has a point. Like she's like, oh my god, I thought it was going to be a mouse, and he's like, what's the difference? Like, yeah, I look, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I feel worse for the lamb. <laughs> right. I feel less bad for a mouse, but I can't quantify why. <laughs> um, and you know, hope this this shows hope that he's like a fucking psycho because he's yeah. killing a lamb. But also, if she wasn't already on that page. Yeah, but also, like, it doesn't mean more to us because we've already seen him kill a dude. Yeah, but I like that lamb more than I liked that dude. <laughs> sure, it's cute, it's but I'm lamb. just saying we already know he's a fucking psycho, so. It's not, like, surprising that he then goes and kills a lamb. All I'm thinking of is that Simpsons bit with, like, the increasingly cute sheep. <laughs> yeah. Except instead of a sheep, it's that one guy, and you just, get out of the way! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you loved me. Uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, we get some more cool uh, powers in, in, like, the form of ants. Utility mm. ants, counting ants. The yep. ants do fucking formations on the ground to do a countdown. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, the man. whole the the jailbreak thing is is fun. We yeah yeah we we get to see the ants like cover up the camera and do all sorts of they, shit. They bring they bring the suit in in its mm-hmm. miniature form. Yep. Uh, they're good ants. Uh, yep. no names though, only numbers. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I like the um again the the small st- stuff, the small world. I don't know what you want to call it, but like the way the camera like loses track every now and then, and then it finds it has and then to it zooms in. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. has to refocus, zooms in. Yeah, that stuff's all really, really good. It is. I completely agree. Uh, I also really like the chemistry between Cranky Hank Pym and Goofy Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. That's a fun team. It's a fun dynamic. Yes. Um, yeah, and like Scott's banter is goofy as shit. It's mm. fun. Hey, uh, uh, oh no, yes. this this will be in the next bit. Never mind. Okay, let's go to the next bit. Lang discovers that Pym manipulated him through Luis into stealing the suit as a test, and wants Lang to become the new Ant Man and steal the yellow jacket suit from Cross, which Pym discovers as extremely dangerous equipment, literally capable of max mass destruction. 
Pym requests Van Dyne to spy on Cross, and she does so, although resenting her father for their strained relationship and not saying anything about her mother and also not letting her stop Cross. <laughs> that was a fucking sentence and a half, and also I feel like <sighs> this synopsis is maybe reading a bit too far into this. I think so. Meanwhile, Lang is trained by Van Dyne and Pym to perfectly control and manipulate the Ant-Man suit that additionally supplies superhuman strength while teaching him to control ants. Yes. That is a thing that happens. Is that the end of that section? Yes. Uh, Scott's asking the important questions. Whose pajamas are those? (laughs) Yeah. That is a great question that we'll never know the answer to. I have to assume they're Hanks, which... I guess, which is... Yeah, no. I'm good. I'm I'm good in not knowing. Thank you. Uh, There is a scene with... um, uh, The little, little Cassie actress... And uh, talking uh, the the cop guy the cop boyfriend Paxton yeah yeah his name is Paxton whatever the cop boyfriend and uh, he's like I'm gonna catch your dad and she's like hope you hope you don't (laughs) yeah just like I'm not sure what you were expecting the child to say but you should have expected that yeah (laughs) she she kind of likes her dad so. Uh, wonder what Cassie that's Lang like. says a cab. Wonder what it's like to have a kid that likes you. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <sighs> I may never know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, we get Hank Pym's full exposition here about what the suit is, what the Ant Man deal is, and who mm-hmm. David Cross is. And we this is the exposition dump, but it's kind yeah. of fine because we've already gotten little bits and pieces of it throughout. So it's not like we're not sitting here for a two and a half hour long Kojima esque. Um, <laughs> narration yeah and also it's uh we get the we get the exposition but it's intercut with him learning things and like yes. testing the suit and we get a training montage yeah uh so it, it all works out and it's all really well made i think and um we get uh there's a conversation between um scott and hank uh, about um, being the about, hero your daughter thinks you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that cuts deep, or it would if my daughter even remotely liked me, you know? <laughs> yeah. If my daughter okay. even remotely liked me, that would be really... I'd, I'd feel the feelings on that one. Not sure your daughter is, like, old enough to have any strong feelings one way or the other. She hates me, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, during all this exposition, we also get, like, more details on uh, our villain's motivations. He's mm-hmm. an ambitious dickhead. But <laughs> yeah, we don't get a lot of villain ambitions throughout the MCU up to this point. It's something you've noted a few times. It's something I've noted a few times. Yeah. Uh, our, vi- our villains are notably lacking in presence and ambition. I think David mm-hmm. Cross is doing pretty well so far. Yeah, yeah. I... I- I think they do pretty good with the villain compared to past movies. Here. Like as far as a guy whose name I don't, I don't know if he's a established character from the comics, uh, which is rare because normally I would know this stuff. I think he is. Um, but yeah, like I don't know anything about David Cross from the comics. I Darren know from Cross. This, sorry, Darren. I'm getting Darren crossed with Dave. Uh, he absolutely is in the comics. Um. First appearance in 1979. Is he Yellow Jacket in the comics? He is. Because I know 
Hank Pym was also Yellow Jacket. Although... Hank Pym's been a lot of people. That may have been after the movie. Yeah, that would track. Yeah. Okay. But Darren Cross as a character has been in the comics for a while. Okay. Well, that's cool and interesting. But yeah, like... Darren Cross is not a big name villain like your Red Skulls or your Lokis mm-hmm. or <laughs> your Whiplashes. <laughs> sure, yep. Uh, the classics, the good ones. But I, I, th- I think for like picking an obscure character and running with that, I think they've made something that actually works out pretty good. Yeah, I like when uh, I like when they do that when they take characters that because then they can expand on them and make them more interesting than they've probably been in the comics up until that point. So. Yeah. And they're free totally. to do that because who the They've fuck got a is more wiggle Darren room. Cross? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, there's, a, there's a scene where uh, um, Scott is working. Uh, he's, like, got the suit open. He's, like, playing, fiddling with it. He's working on the regulator, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, I'm just trying to make it even better. I and think this thing's holding me back. Yeah. And he, he goes on about the quantum realm and it's it's like this super serious thing. You could die and be erased from existence forever. Yeah, and Scott just goes, "Cool, if it ain't broke." <laughs> he just <laughs> leaves it. Uh, that's okay. Uh, this movie is probably the first MCU movie so far that is mostly comedy. Like, yeah, this feels like decidedly a comedy first, uh, superhero action second. Yeah, and but and in saying that, still when it gets serious or um, more actiony, it still tonally still flows pretty well. I feel like it 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 doesn't shift a whole lot. Like there's no like tonal uh, whiplash, you know. Look, during the action sequences, it is one hundred percent an action movie, but it is also very funny. Like there's some banter between characters. The action yeah. sequences themselves, just because of the uh, the power set that we're using. Yeah. get to be weird and funny and quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they've picked the the best character to kind of run with in that regard. Like, yeah. who can we make, like, a comedy out of? Ant-Man's fucking weird. Let's do that. Yeah. Because everyone's going to look at tiny man action and just be like, okay, this is just inherently kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a... I've got a... Uh, a note here that just says, God, Cross sucks. And I'm not sure what that's in reference to. That might be... Is it in reference to the fact that he actually does end up shrinking a lamb and then he flicks yeah, he yeah. flicks it? It's the flick of the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not enough that you just, like, you have a tiny little lamb. You have to, like, flick it and make it, like, fall over like a dick. Yes, what a cunt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is uh, one other thing I love about this entire sequence of the training montage and the exposition mm-hmm. and all that, and yeah. it's... Is this the second time in the MCU that we've really had a, a hero coming to grips with their powers? Because Iron Man does it. We get the yeah, yep. test flights and all that. Um, I Captain mean, Cap America gets to do kinda, a little bit in that I one mean, scene. He gets to chase down um, Thor and Oakenshield, but yeah. I don't he, know if that's he, a training thing. That's it's not a very... montage necessarily, but it, like it is, it is him like learning. He does run into that window. He's getting the hang of, like, walking again yeah. for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, it's short and it's not quite what I envisioned, but yeah, that's mm-hmm. got it. Thor already mm-hmm. knows his power, so Thor yeah, doesn't exactly. it. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, 
And Guardians we pick up after an elongated yeah. time and space and everyone is kind of comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, so, so it's, it's not, it hasn't happened very often up until this point. Let's yeah, say. okay. That's cool. I always, uh, I like seeing it, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that we don't see it as often as maybe we would right. 10 years prior. Yeah, where where everything was a, um, everything's an origin uh, story. Origin story. To, that's, that's what I'm looking for. We need for. to really work through all this stuff and make sure that the audience gets it. Yeah, uh, I think this movie is a an elegant introduction to the characters and the powers and all that. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Brad got abs. We've we've discussed that. I mean, we yep. get we see the abs during the training, and uh, it fucking hopes kicking his ass. And God, he can still take a punch. <laughs> <laughs> he can still take a punch. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, there's that scene where Hope uh, starts controlling the ants because Scott's. Can't do it. He's a fucking yeah, loser. and the mood gets like actually kind of dark and weird. Yeah, she, the, they start like crawling over the lights. It's fucking don't piss off hope. I think is what we've established here. Is like if you get on her bad side, she's gonna fucking murder you with ants. Hope Van Dyne seems genuinely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's creepy as fuck. As Louis says later, uh, your girlfriend's hot and intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get the, um, the reveal of what happened to, um, Janet. Yes. Uh, we get some more backstory with the classic suits. I really like those classic suits. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like the suit designs. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, a sad scene. Uh, some good exposition again. We, we get a. Uh, a um, we get uh, Hope and um, Hank growing a bit closer, and uh, it's sad. And uh, Scott's just standing there, wide-eyed, <laughs> just watching. And then at the end of the scene, it just ruins the moment. <laughs> yeah, and calls attention to the fact that he ruined the moment. Yeah, which if if this were not pre- uh, predominantly a comedy, I'd probably yeah. take issue with that. But right. it is a comedy, and it's very mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Exactly. And very in character. Yes. Scott. He's kind of clueless. Mm-hmm. Now, Wait, is that a reference? Clueless? Polarod? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I did it. I didn't even mean to. Fuck Good yeah. job. It's totally macking me, am I right? I, shut the fuck up. How dare you, first of all. I'm going to see that little <laughs> imp monster in my dreams. He's not in that movie, but, you know, he... he did play that clip a lot on Conan. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, which uh, also d- relates to this movie because when he went on Conan to d- promote this movie, he he was like, "Here's a clip from the look." Um, because um, he'd been on the show uh, heaps of times before, and every time he'd shown a clip, that clip from Mac and Me. The one where the kid in the wheelchair goes flying off a cliff. Yeah, he, he, he pulls, he like rips the brakes off his wheelchair and he can't stop it. He just flies off the cliff into the water. But like, as he's, as soon as he goes off the cliff, it, it's immediately obvious that it's just a dummy strapped it's to the chair. It's a dummy in a wheelchair. Yeah, and it, it lands in the water. And then uh, the horrible as soon as CGI. It, Wait, what is? No CGI. Is that Mac? Mac is a puppet. Okay. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> Well, I <laughs> I'm taking a tangent, but that doesn't matter. That's the kind of show this is. Yeah, uh, welcome. I put Mac and Me on today for my kids because they added it to Prime, 
and um, <laughs> I had forgotten that Mac has a family in that movie, and it's people in just terrible, terrible latex suits that the faces don't move. They're just like constantly in sh- in shock. I hate, like the- yeah, because like Mac, I don't recall this at all, but. Uh, if they're anything like Mac, Mac has these big round eyes and yeah. a horrible face. His his eyes move and nothing else, and it's the same for the. Well, I th- I don't even think the eyes move on like the adult the they're adult just, ones. Uh, oh. It's fucking terrifying. I had forgotten that they existed, but anyway. So in fairness, I on- forget that ninety percent of Mac and me exists except for that one scene. The dance scene. No, the wheelchair scene. Oh, okay. Because there's a dance scene at McDonald's, which makes no sense. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, he goes on Conan and he's like, hey, I'm not going to show it because this is a big Marvel movie. I'm working for Disney. I can't show it this time. And then immediately shows it, shows the clip and <laughs> <laughs> shows the Mac and me thing. And then Conan's like, what the fuck? And <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Here's the actual clip. Plays the Mac and Me clip again. Yes. <laughs> but Perfect. then at the end, when Mac sh- pops up like, at the end, yeah, Ant Man pops up behind him. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, he like un unshrinks behind Mac. They like edit it into the movie. It's fucking great. Uh, so this is homework for anyone uh, listening out there. Go watch Mac and Me. Report back <laughs> next week with your findings. Or just watch that clip from Conan. Mm. Anyway, Pim sends Lang to a very risky mission where he steals a device from the Avengers compound, originally one of Stark Industries' warehouses, that eventually leads to a fight between Lang and Falcon. Later, Pim, in frustration, tells Hope the truth about the death of her mother. Je- We've been through it. We're past that. Anyway, her <laughs> mother was the counterpart of Pim's Ant-Man superhero identity, the Wasp, who sacrificed herself to prohibit a Soviet nuclear launch missile to be activated. In the process, she disappeared into a subatomic quantum realm. He admits that he does not want the same to happen to Hope. Then the two reconcile. Yep. So... Uh, yeah, it's the Falcon. That's cool. And then he gets jobbed out to Ant-Man. But it's this scene does not fit into this movie. It feels so like... Like we've been watching a movie up to this point and then mm-hmm. this scene, the way it's shot and edited, feels like it's fucking just a made-for-TV movie. Like it, it does not fit into this movie. It's it's cool that we get like a little tie in to the MCU, right? Yeah, and and it, it was it, it's kind of important because it like it, it sets pushes Lang's for later. Yeah, yeah, and it pushes Lang forward as a character because it's like hey, they kind of don't trust him, and then he ends up pulling the mission off. It, and he he exceeds expectations. Yes, um, but it just feels out of it's completely out of place. I, uh, to have Falcon show up and then have a fight, and then it just it's very not. Well shot. I think um, I think a lot of it is just, you know, people have come into the superhero movie. We haven't really had any action beats to speak of. Like, we've had the training montage. There's some neat stuff in there, but nothing I would call action, per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people are coming to a superhero movie, they probably expect some punch-ups. 
and it hadn't clicked while I was watching it, but as you said it, there is something about this scene that does not visually fit. Yeah. It does look a little bit off. I still think I still think it's a fun bit. I love seeing Falcon uh outside of, you know, Captain America stuff. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like everyone in this movie, I think Scott and Sam have good chemistry together despite being yeah. like adversarial. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, like it is a fun scene. It's just I and don't like know, it accomplishes way. stuff. But yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. It's it does stick out a little bit now that you yeah. mention it. Yeah, um, uh, I did read that it wasn't originally meant to be in the movie, and um, I think Paul Rudd may have suggested getting Falcon in the movie, so that's cool. But it just does. It still just feels out of place to me. I wonder, huh? I, yeah, finding out like how and when and who sort of implemented that or pushed for it would be interesting because this sets up stuff for later films, specifically Civil War. Yeah. Uh, It also plays into not the end credit thing, but like the just before the credits sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it would be interesting to see how this particular cameo came about. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Good um, scene, I, though. I do like that during all, during all of this stuff, uh, after learning about Cross's, like, plans, Pim's just like, oh, not Pim, Lang is just like, you know, I think we should start off by calling the Avengers. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? He's got a point. He does have a point. But and... uh, Pim, Pim's counterpoint is, fuck Stark. <laughs> <laughs> he just dropped a fucking city out of the sky. Didn't you see I... that shit? Cannot blame him. Fuck Stark. God damn. <laughs> Stark, the biggest enemy of the MCU. True. Villain. Really, truly is. Uh, Evangeline Lilly does cold and exasperated very well. Uh-huh. Uh, all of her interactions with uh, Lang up to a point, she just seems fucking sick of his shit. All yep. of her interactions with Pym up to a point are like, you can, you can feel the tension. And then um, post... Uh, like backstory revelations, we get some character growth from everyone. We get, uh, well, actually, no, pre backstory revelations, we get character growth between uh, Lang and Janet, where, yep. you know, Lang's just like, hey, I'm expendable. He doesn't want to lose you. He really does care about you, sort of mm. stuff. Yep. And then we get the backstory, and then we get some reconciliation between Hope and Hank, and it's nice. Familial yep. drama. All good stuff, and uh, the the synopsis skips over this scene, but uh, Cross shows shows up at Hank's house. Yeah, he's just in the living room. I was like, <laughs> no, he's there, and nobody says the fuck you doing in my house. Like, he well, just lets himself in, and it's like, Hank, oh, Darren's here, I guess. Uh, Hank does say to him, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And Darren's just like, "The door was open." It doesn't mean you can just walk in, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> what the hell? Who who does that? Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck. It's not great. I hate no. it. But uh, it's a it's a good scene, and it's um, it's tense. It yeah, yeah, very tense scene. Because uh, like at that good. point, they've also got like their plans for robbing him just out on the side table. Yeah. Exactly. Which he must have seen because he 
immediately leaves and is like, okay, he he calls uh, Hope and is like, here's how, how we fucking have to secure the place because shit's going down. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't let on that he knows, but he definitely no. knows. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's it. And then um, we go. Oh, yeah. You got any more notes? Oh, there was one thing that I really, really loved about the uh, Avengers compound sequence. Mm-hmm. And it was as he's about to sort of jump in, yep. they get a bit of an Avengers theme in a minor key in the score. Yes. And it's yep. very good. I like that mm-hmm. a lot. That is good. So. Uh, yeah. And him him fighting Sam is a hell of a dry run. <laughs> yeah. Back to the synopsis. Cross perfects the Yellow Jacket suit and invites Pym to the unveiling. While the congregation ceremony of the Yellow Jacket suit is taking place, Lang, in the Ant-Man suit, along with his crew and a swarm of ants, infiltrates the building. Planting explosives and sabotaging all the servers, Lang is prepared to steal the Yellow Jacket suit. However, he is captured by Cross, who was expecting this. Cross s- sells both the Ant-Man and the Yellow Jacket suits to the Hydra and the Ten Rings. Is the Ten Rings mentioned? No. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy in thinking that this is, is being pulled out of someone's ass. I feel like I would have noticed that. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that I notice. <laughs> Lang- that is explicitly why I'm here. <laughs> it's, it's uh, Yeah, I don't remember any mention of the Ten Rings, but anyway. Lang breaks free from his trap, fights the Hydra agents, and chases after the escaped Cross, though Mitchell Carson escapes with Cross's unstable formula amidst the chaos. Then the planted explosives... Planted on Cross's unstable pim particle formula, detonate, imploding the building into the quantum realm. Yeah, that looks fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's really good. Love a good implosion. Um, I, I love do- how uh, oh. you go. No, no, you go. I was okay. I love how the this movie, um, especially here towards the end, uses these uh, small. It makes really mundane environments fucking cool like he's in the server room and he's mm-hmm. like flying on an ant and the shit's like not it's not exploding but like there's like electricity going everywhere like yep. sparks and stuff and he's like flying through it and it's fucking cool it's like feels really epic and and fun but it's a fucking it's an ant in a server room <laughs> it's like but like the, the the size and the scale of it a server tower just looks like an actual tower yeah like, exactly it's you're right. It's fucking cool. Uh, more tiny stuff, please. Mm-hmm. Always into it. Um, the synopsis doesn't really... It really skims over the fact that we now have, uh, as Hank Pym puts it, the three wombats on uh, yes. the team. Yep. Uh, I fucking love when they kind of reveal the power to the three ex-cons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what's what's the name of the one? Kurt. Kurt says, this is the work of the gypsies. <laughs> he, his character, they don't really do much with him in this. Uh, he says no. a lot of fun, like, Russianisms, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's in the second one where he's got this weird obsession with Baba Yaga that the I Baba guess comes back. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to take that as planting his weird, like, superstitious side here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um... Yeah, those three are fun. Those those three, and we, they get to do a, a hacking scene. You yeah, know, they turn get to off do the laser utility grid. stuff, like run That's... distractions, run interference. Mm-hmm. I love. Lewis oh, yeah. has a fucking strong right hook. He does. Yeah, 
<laughs> he he mentions that earlier because he's mm. talking about the little ritual that Scott did uh, just yeah. before leaving, where he's like punching that dude. Lewis mm-hmm. is like, I'm the only only guy who knocked that guy out. Right. So I guess he- that was a little mini setup for this, where he just floors a security guard with one punch. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. And then uh, does it again later. <laughs> Oh, he also mentions in the in the scene where they're talking about the plan that he's gonna like whistle, like he's nonchalantly. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna make it my thing. It's my tactic. <laughs> and then immediately in that scene where he's where he first goes in, he's like whistling. I can't remember what song he's whistling. It's a small world. Yeah, <laughs> is it? It is. Well, that makes sense. That's it's, a, that's one hundred percent small world. <laughs> that's a good reference, actually. Yeah, that's good. Um. Yeah, very funny. Uh, yeah, I've got immediately after Lewis has a strong right hook is Lewis keeps KOing people. <laughs> <laughs> like, because yeah. they, they get that one other security guard with the bullet ants mm-hmm. and he's like freaking out and Painless just runs up and BAM! Yeah. Cold cocks him again. Yeah, and then there's the... Um, he says something like, uh, I, I was told to... Come in. The boss boss told me to come in. Boss told me like to do that. some final checks, sort of stuff. Yeah, and he goes, "I'm the boss," and he's like, "Oh!" and just immediately knocks him the fuck out. Yes. <laughs> so good. After he knocks that second guy out, he's like, kind of boasting, he's like, "Yeah, that's right. That's." And then hopes that he's like, "That's that's an unfortunate casualty," <laughs> and drags him into the server room. <laughs> very very funny. I like that even though they are, like, painted as complete morons, the ex-cons do know they're undercover cops. They pick out Paxton like that. Yeah. Just because of the make and model of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Crown Vic. Like, yep. Uh, like, Scott forgets the bullet ant scientific name completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just bullshits one. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, like I said, the, the tense hacking scene, trying to turn off the laser grid before the cops get him, and... Uh, and Scott's already like jumped off the thing, and he's like heading towards the lasers. Yeah, he's he's and- mid Mission Impossible, impossible descent. Yeah, and he's like, oh, 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 wait, I have to just one more thing. And he just quickly presses the button. Whew. Uh, yeah, yeah, very close. Um, uh, we get the tank keychain reminder. So it's been yes. planted. Here's the mm-hmm. reminder. Yeah. Uh, Man, the the tiny heist sequences are fun. All the stuff with the ants, how he's like floating down the waterways on a raft made of ants, mm-hmm. and all the little ants with the battery packs are making a fucking EMP. Yep, it's so cool. All that is a uh, is a lot of fun. Um, cross uh, when uh, when Scott's in the little ball bubble thing when, he, when he's trapped. Yeah, and he's uh, <laughs> crosses acted like a big tough guy. He's got to shoot everyone. He's got to kill everyone, and then uh, <laughs> it's uh, he gets like some ants on him, and he's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I mean, I hate oh, ants. Oh ants! Too. Oh no! Oh, oh, heavens no! <laughs> oh my uh, no! You know who doesn't hate ants? Who? Scott Lang. Even though he no. doesn't have to, he verbally thanks and appreciates his ants. <laughs> he does. He gives. He even names. He's one of very them. nice. Um, yeah, last second. Laser success. The villain preempted it all. He did genuinely uh, see those plans on the table. And he just did, yeah. didn't let on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get this fun reversal of, oh, the heist went well, but no, it's not a success. Now you're trapped, mm-hmm. idiot. What a dumbass. You also get Darren's like mercy fake out where he's like going to shoot Hank. 
and then Hope's trying to talk some sense into him, and he's like, oh no, he's going to get his his guy to shoot Hank. Right. And then he's like, no, that's crazy, what am I doing? And then he takes the gun and goes to shoot him himself. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. What the but fuck? But then ants, oh no. I've yeah. got ants on me. You know what's fun is seeing what, like, dudes get thrown around by nothing. Yes. Like, you can't see Ant-Man because he's so small, but he's kicking mm-hmm. the shit out of dude. You see bodies flying. Which I guess is how this movie gets a PG rating. This is the first MCU movie with a PG rating. Um, and I guess that's how. Is it? You don't really see anyone get punched. <laughs> yeah, you see you see them fly. You don't see the punch. Yeah, um, that's fun. You do see Scott Lang running up the barrel of a gun, which is fucking sick. Yeah, that's really cool. That whole sequence with the gun barrel run into the diorama run with the giant yes, bullets is the fucking yes. coolest. Again, uh, playing like little mundane environments, making them feel huge because of how small he is, and then the, the all the fucking little model buildings are being destroyed around him. And yeah, and yeah, there's like a little really car for him to slide over. And it's, yeah, like the cataclysmic action visuals with. Absolutely, not absolutely no collateral, but very, very mm-hmm. little collateral in yes. the most literal sense. Mm-hmm. Very fucking cool. Uh, you know hey, what so else is cool? What, oh, what, yeah, what? what else is cool? No, 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 you, talk, you go on. Why'd that vault lock? Like, after everyone left, who locked that? <clears throat> That's a great question. <laughs> we may never know. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, uh, well, I, I'm glad it did, though, because then we get the tank payoff. Yes, uh, the tank with the keychain attached. Yes! <laughs> the giant keychain fucking breaks out of the wall. I've just put, the tank with the keychain attached is so fucking cool, this movie rocks. <laughs> this movie's so stupid and amazing. <laughs> very, I, very I, good. I wonder, I wonder how many people, like, the first time watching it, saw that tank keychain and were just like, oh yeah, I fucking see you. I know what <laughs> right. you do. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's awesome. It's, uh, and uh, there's another thing later on that's, that an, a little thing becoming big that's uh, also <laughs> yes. fun. But, um. A couple of those. <laughs> a couple of those, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the tank is, is really fucking cool. Not we that they do anything with it, they just literally they, just they drive They run out it out of, door, out, of, out of fucking wall. That's fine. Yeah. I, it would be a bit much to, like, let off some rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we get unhinged cross. He is fucking wild-eyed and crazy at this point. Anthony's dead. Anthony's fucking dead. No, Anthony. Oh. Yeah, Ants don't sh- live that long anyway, right? I don't think so. I don't know. They've got to live longer than flies, surely. Ants. I know, I know flies are, uh, are really short lifespans. Um, what, wait, one to two years? Queens can live up to 30 years? Oh, wow. Okay. And workers live from one to three. Holy shit. Uh, Males, however, are more transitory, being quite short-lived and surviving for only a few weeks. Wow, it's rough being being an (laughs) ant-man. Yeah, it is. Uh, Man-ant. Oh, yeah. Sorry, (laughs) man-ant. God, I hope there's not an actual man-ant somewhere in the comics that I don't know about, because there is a man-spider. Yeah, exactly. And there is also a spider's man. There's also a man bat in Batman. Yep. You just put man in front of animal and you have a completely different character to exactly. animal man. I don't think man ant is a thing, luckily. Man-animal. 
Uh, yep. Yeah, so um, uh, Scott is on the helicopter with Cross. Yes. And uh, uh, Cross is like, uh, he says something like, uh, you d- did all this just f- for the suit or whatever. And then Scott, being a tiny little mini person, says it wasn't wasn't all about the heist or whatever. And then the building implodes. Uh, how the... F- <clears throat> this is another one of those weird in-world things. Here's a tiny little thing. There's no way Cross could hear him say, uh, yeah. it wasn't all about the heist. I want to say that depends on where he's standing, because if he's standing in like a cup or something, maybe the uh, maybe the reverberation would magnify his voice like a megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's the case. No, maybe he's got something on the helmet. Like a like a microphone that he can just turn on. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I I wouldn't I doubt it. He's he's it's... gonna have to talk to people while he's tiny later. Yeah, I guess. And at so, that point, yeah. I assume they have like a team com sort of thing set up. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can suspend my disbelief for this. I mean, there's a there's a moment in the next movie we have to watch where he also is small and talks, and the person is like, "Who's who's talking?" Hmm. So, I don't know. Who knows? Questions to be answered. Comic books, am I right? No, you're not. Oh, never been right. right. That's the that, that's the joke. No one's ever been right. I guess so. Cross synopsis? dons the yellow jacket suit. Lang traps Cross in a bug zapper, but before he can sabotage his suit, he is tased and arrested by Paxton. Cross escapes and holds Lang's daughter. Holds Lang's daughter. <laughs> that's a really weird sentence holds lang's daughter cassie as a hostage to lure lang to him they both fight once again but as a last effort lang shrinks to a subatomic size to finally penetrate and sabotage the yellow jacket suit they both shrink uncontrollably in the nothingness of the subatomic quantum realm with cross imploding due to his suit being damaged by scott who smashed through the suit's mechanisms and circuits as he turns subatomic scott fighting unconsciousness and after hearing cassie calling for him fights the will to escape finds the will to escape, which is what I should say, and puts a disc with enlarging pin particle formula inside the suit's regulator and switches it back on, successfully reverting to his original size. So this part of the synopsis started with Cross puts on the yellow jacket suit. What it failed to mention was that Cross puts on the yellow jacket suit so fast. <laughs> Scott is like knocked out of the uh, helicopter for a two, three second gap. And then when he yeah. gets back in... He's in the suit. He's good to go. And the suit was tiny before. Hey, we don't know what kind of tech. Unless he had takes... a suit on the entire time under his like business suit. That's the that's the thing, Captain. I'm always wearing the yellow jacket suit. I would be. It's fucking cool. It is. It's a, it's pretty cool. Your little pew pew laser arms on the back. Mm-hmm. Make ATAC uh, noises. There's the uh, the scene where they're fighting inside the briefcase with yes, the music. The dumb really iPod cool. gag. Yeah. He, he goes out of his way to be like, I will disintegrate you. And then <laughs> the iPod's like playing Disintegration by The Cure. <laughs> well, that worked out. With the... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very funny and cool. And, yeah, the um, tiny combat, but regular collateral as he just murks the shit out of his helicopter pilots. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't uh, yeah. have lasers on the suit. Hmm? 
Maybe just don't have lasers on the suit because it but seems then, like that would be a bad idea. How will you hear the ATAT noises, huh? I they, you gotta have them. Yeah, you gotta. It's true. You gotta. Maybe, maybe that was a. Maybe Cross really loves Star Wars, and that's why it sounds like that. That tracks. He seems like a Star Wars fan for sure. Crazy. Uh, I fucking love the tiny pool splash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fall out of the helicopter and into the pool, just like. Yeah, they do. They do a few of those moments here at the end, similar things like that. Uh, playing yeah, with yeah. The scale, big, big action, and then we zoom out, and it's actually very, very small. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, damn! Did I put this on here? Oh was it, no! Was there something about the ping pong counter? No, there's a fucking great. Oh damn! I didn't put the quote in here. God damn it! Which one is it? Ah, uh, okay. So, is it what he says um, to the family having the barbecue? No. Okay. So, uh, for my next note is like um, the bug zapper took a while to shock him back to life. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was, he's stuck in that bug zapper for a while, and they drag Scott away, and then he eventually gets zapped back to life. Which, yeah, like, there's some like contrivance going on there. Yeah. Um. So then he goes to see Cassie. And yep. she says, I want my daddy. And he, go- he goes, <laughs> I want, I your, want daddy your daddy too. too. <laughs> he's a real creep at this point. <laughs> I Like, we know he's unhinged. We know he's crazy. There's something about, like, him getting zapped back to life. I don't think he came back right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh... <laughs> he have, like, quite the anguished scream when he does come back. It doesn't seem like a good time. Like, I guess that's supposed to be, like, a really serious scene, but it's, it's such a fucking funny line. It I is. I your daddy, too. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, creepy, but not in the way that it needs to be. Right. Um, <sighs> I, I fucking love the ping pong counter. Mm-hmm. Like, Lang goes big, grabs a fucking ping pong fucking paddle, yep. just smacks the shit out of Yellow Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, I guess for, for the I want your daddy too bit, I also have the note creep across. <laughs> yep. I also fits. have the note cops ruin everything. Not to make it political or anything. <laughs> uh-huh. um, except for when they don't ruin everything at the end because cops are the good guys. I'll have you know. Mm, I'll believe it when I see it. All right. Uh, yeah, we get the, the whole scene in Cassie's room. Yeah, a surprisingly uh, big, dumb action scene. Yeah, with the train, Thomas the Tank Engine. The fucking Thomas the Tank Engine is the best. Like, just the sequence where uh, Cross is standing on the engine itself and Lang's running up the carriages and the carriages are exploding for some reason. Yeah, and we (laughs) get the... They're getting shot. Like, Lang's (laughs) flinging them across and Cross is shooting them. And I could understand them, like them being bisected because the lasers whatever but they're right. exploding like their actual train <laughs> carriages with like some explosive fuel inside them yeah yeah it's I'm so like, fucking what? good I don't understand why it's happening but I love that it is yeah and uh, and then obviously again we get one of the zoom outs where it's like just tiny little thing and the train derails <laughs> but it derails. happens at the perfect point <laughs> yeah it's like this yeah. dramatic zoom in on Cross's face as he's in front of the oncoming train he's like ah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the little tiny little train falling off the off. tracks. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so it's the, the Thomas the Tank Engine thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the tank ends up huge later, which <laughs> yeah, which is also creepy. <laughs> creepy moving eyes. Uh huh. I fucking uh, love it. So according to Peyton Reed, when it came to using Thomas the Tank Engine during the battle sequence on Cassie's train set, there were certain stipulations when it came to showing the character. Reed and the team met with the rights holders of Thomas and had to make a presentation. The owner stipulated that Thomas couldn't be depicted as doing anything evil, had to remain neutral, and no character could be tied to a train track that Thomas was going to be on as the owners were very protective. Reed was happy with using Thomas as it helped add to the personality of the film, and the owners found the use of Thomas funny in the film. Oh, good. I'm glad everyone came away from that feeling positive because I think it is a very good use of Thomas the Tank Engine. (laughs) That's just reminded me of, I remember listening to the uh, commentary of uh, Donnie Darko. Uh-huh. There's a scene in that movie where they talk about the Smurfs. Right. And how Smurfette is like, Fiona. like everyone's doing her. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. That's the implication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, oh, I can't, uh, what's his name? Um, Kelly, uh, something Kelly, the the guy who made Donnie Darko. Um. <laughs> he tells a story about how he had to make a presentation to the the Smurf people about <laughs> about that and get their permission. Uh-huh. And they were like, well, I mean, yeah, he has a point. So I mean shit, so you're not wrong. <laughs> Richard Kelly. Yeah, that's his name. But, um, I, I like that yeah. the Smurf people were just like, well, I can't refute you, so I guess we have to let you do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh that's the rule, folks. If they can't prove you wrong, they can't stop you. <laughs> That's exactly right. What are they going to do? Nothing. Quick, start making your, your Smurfette porn videos now. I'm sure they exist. I uh, don't want to look, but I'm also <laughs> sure they exist. Um, this, uh, is this the most painful looking villain death so far? It sure fucking looks like it. <laughs> He gets it rough, man. Like he bits of him implode at different times. Like he loses mm-hmm. his arm first, which I'm guessing is our Star Wars reference for the week. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, he goes arm first, and it's just gone. And mm-hmm. then his other ones start to go, and he gets like crushed inward, and it's horrible. It's like that <laughs> one guy in Thor: The Dark World who gets sucked in by one of those black hole grenades. Yeah, exactly. But he, <sighs> we didn't care about him because he was just some nobody. <laughs> Exactly. This is this is the main villain. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, Real rough. And he's also like just a normal dude. Yeah, yeah. He's not some Asgardian or some dark elf. He's a CEO, mm-hmm. which truly the greatest villain of our time. <laughs> uh, there you go. Once again, not making political. It political. <laughs> uh, so we have giant Thomas the Tank Engine, but we also have a giant. We do or, have a giant. Or, or as the cop says, that's one messed up looking dog. <laughs> <laughs> as it like skitters yeah. down the stairs away from everyone giant mm-hmm. ants are horrifying they are yeah i hate that uh, except for when they're drumming yeah they're yeah, pretty okay. cool then we'll have to we'll have to see about that we'll have to revisit that later we'll talk about that later but um uh well, oh there's this scene where the the other three uh pull up in their van to the house <laughs> And they like they can't I was get through. What that note was about? I've just got the words. Oh, okay. Just back it up. Written down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just. <laughs> it's like a minute straight of just 
back it up. Just back it up. Just back it up. Back it up. And Dave's in the driver's seat, like, yep, yep, just going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fun little moment. Uh, <sighs> funny movie. Goddamn. Yeah, it is. Uh, they they get the comedy right a lot of the time in this movie, I think. Uh, we've got uh, Scott risking it big to save Cassie. Does the mm-hmm. big heroic self-sacrifice play. Yes. Uh, and it's super sad when he's like floating through the quantum realm and hearing mm-hmm. Cassie. And it's just like, oh, that's that's kind of heartbreaking. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, Again, very, my daughter loved cool, me. Like, I'd probably feel really sad about it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> For, for the record, uh, these are jokes. <laughs> My daughter doesn't mind me. She's all right. <laughs> yeah, we're cool. <laughs> we're cool. Hey, hang out sometimes. She's all right. Um, yeah, f- funny stuff and, uh, yes, and then sad stuff. And then uh, Quantum Realm has definitely changed uh, since this first movie. Yeah, I feel like uh, we just... We definitely see more of it later. What I think this mm-hmm. is is just like scratching the surface of it. If you go a little bit deeper, that's where you yeah. get the stuff that we see later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we get like weird kaleidoscope shit going on, which is visually very neat. Yeah, it is. And then, uh, yeah, he see he gets out. He does smart guy stuff and puts the the pin particles in the thing, and he gets big again. Yeah, I feel like it's a fairly obvious solution. Right. But, like, I don't want to say that it's really obvious, you know, because, like, it seems seems like a genuinely very, like, you need to, you need to be smart to know that this would work, but also right. use the, the embiggening disc, idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's all a very happy ending, and uh, everyone's happy, and uh, the cop knows that Scott is a hero, and yeah, therefore, we got some redemption redeemed. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, witnessing the heroism of Lang, Paxson covers up for him and wriggles him out of serving time. Scott remembers nothing of his experience in the quantum realm, with Pym believing the human mind might not be able to pr- process it. Seeing that Lang survived the quantum realm, Pym wonders if his wife is still alive. Months later, Luis informs Lang that the Avengers are looking to recruit him by the suggestion of Wilson. Yes. Um, so yeah, that quantum realm thread is left dangling for mm-hmm. further exploration later. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I also lose my memory every time I look at a kaleidoscope. So Pim might be onto something. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. This is, um, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Maybe there should be studies into this. Yeah, maybe. Uh, some things man <clears throat> was not meant to understand. Kaleidoscopes That's being right. one of them. And uh, oh, uh, like I said before, cops are the good guys, see? Because he gets he, he lets Scott uh, go free. So see? what you're saying is he's corrupt. No, cops are the good <laughs> guys. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, good cops, everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Um, I disagree. <laughs> Luis loves art. We find that this out at the end. Yes. We do find that out. We also get our Stan Lee cameo finally <laughs> right yeah. here at the end of the movie. Is this the the longest they hold out on that? Definitely. 
<laughs> but it's a really good one because he's doing the he's miming to Luis's story where he says crazy stupid fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, shit, it's it's very good. This this is a good gag. I like this gag a lot. <laughs> Uh, first time uh, I saw uh, Anna Arcana in a movie who was uh, at the time just a YouTuber as far as I know I hadn't seen her in a movie before so that was like oh wow YouTuber in a movie oh yeah so that is who I thought it was I didn't know her by name but yes Um, I actually <laughs> I know her from a weird place mm-hmm. uh, Max Landis made a YouTube video years and years ago uh, called wrestling isn't wrestling. Ah, uh, yes, I think it, I remember this. It's a it's a very good video mm-hmm. uh, about the like rise and fall of Triple H uh, and all the wrestlers portrayed in the video uh, portrayed by different women and mm-hmm. Anna Arcana. Anna mm-hmm. Arcana. She is Batista in that video. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I knew her from. All right. There you go. Um. Yeah, and another great story from Luis here at the end, and <laughs> the the long hold here at the end. He he goes, he said yes, and then <laughs> there's just a long stare yeah. before and like with the his, slow zoom on his face, and he does like this lip thing, like this weird lip grin Quiver. thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's the anticipation is killing him. It's very funny. Uh, I think. That's also our first little hint of Spider-Man is that sequence, right? We got a guy who jumps, we got a guy who crosses oh, walls, right. yeah, yeah, we got yeah. a guy who swings. What, what kind of it. guy are you looking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fun because I guess at this point we didn't know that Spider-Man was going to be in the next... Is it the next you film? Didn't. You didn't know. No, but did we know as soon as like Ant-Man was out? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure um, Civil War was being made, and uh, so that trailer uh, well, dropped. It was at least a rumor, I think. Okay, nothing at had least been a rumor. confirmed. I don't maybe. think so. I'm I can't remember the timeline of like when they have, have finally announced that he was going to be in it. Yep, that's fair. It was a while ago. Um, Jesus, it was seven years ago. Oh, oh, it's possible. <laughs> actually, it's possible. That they had already announced that Tom Holland was joining the MCU, but they hadn't announced what movie he was going to appear in first. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, our first little hint of Spider-Man. That's neat. And uh, we get to tie into the greater universe because Falcon wants to hire you, I guess, Ant-Man. That's it. Uh, and then, uh, after Lang's departure, Pym congregates the upgraded prototype of the wasp suit to hope. Is that the, that's not a congregates? Right. Congregates? What no, the fuck a, congr- is- a congregation is a gathering of people. Exactly. That makes no sense. God damn it. These fuck. Anyway, these oh, are getting, right. these are like falling apart at the seams as we go further and further. <laughs> by, by the time we get to end game, it's going to be the most basic English you can think of. <laughs> broken sentences. And uh, all of the characters' names are going to be misspelled. The most random words you can think of. We're not going to be talking about the Avengers anymore. It'll be the Sense of Right Alliance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, he, he gives her the suit. <laughs> the wasp suit looks cool. It does. And it's like not, it's not finished. There's like. Yeah, yeah. There's like a bits of exposed like cabling and exposed electronics and shit. Yeah. Um, anyway, to which she replies, it's about damn time. Now we get a, a, a post credit scene. That 
is literally just a scene from the movie that's coming out. This next. is the second time that the MCU has done this. Yeah, it's a it's a really weird way to end the Ant-Man movie, but and anyway. Both times it's been Captain America in the scene. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but at least, like, the first time it led to, like, a trailer? Yeah. Like, where this, this is literally This time just... it's literally just a, a scene taken from <laughs> Civil War. Yeah. Uh, a year later in Berlin, Steve Rogers and Wilson have found Bucky Barnes unable to contact Tony Stark because of the Accords, in quotes, because that we don't have any uh, idea what those mean yet, prohibited him. Uh, Steve says that they are on their own, but Wilson states that he knows a guy. Yeah, and that's 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 our tie-in. That's our tie-in. Which is, well, I guess, why it makes sense to be at the end of Ant-Man, I guess. I guess, but... <laughs> I, I, I want to say the wasp suit thing would have been a better post-credits thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but they clearly wanted to tie this in with the next thing. So. Also because it's like... The scene ends with him saying i know a guy and we already know at the end of the movie yeah we've already done that setup it's <laughs> yeah, very exactly. strange yeah <sighs> anyway that's ant-man i it enjoyed was. it yeah that's a good movie i like it a lot i think it's i like a- it more now than i did when i watched it and i really liked it when i watched it <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh yeah i i said this to you but i think ant-man might be the movie the mcu movie i've watched the most that because surprised me until I thought about it for more than a second. <laughs> it's really just like it's you can just have it on and be doing something else and just look over and be like, oh, this is a fun movie. And just like it doesn't have any like really serious moments. It's not like it's it's a very light film. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a fun PG movie and you can throw on. And uh, it's okay. You can and tune it's out and tune back in at any point and still have a good time. Exactly. Uh, yeah, fucking, it's really a fun movie. I like it a lot. Hell yeah. So, so now we come to our Starks and Stanks. We sure do. Uh, uh, the current ranking, if you'd like me to list them out. Oh, we'll do that. We'll do that after the Starks and Stanks. Oh, of course. I, I'm jumping the gun. I don't uh, remember who went last time, but I'll go this time. Sure, it's all arbitrary. My first Stark is that the comedy hits the majority of the time. This is the first MCU movie that's mostly comedy, and I feel like they nail it. It's very funny when it wants to be, and it doesn't feel like there's a huge tonal change once the action starts or when there's a dramatic scene because a lot of the time the scene ends with a joke of some kind to remind you that, hey, this isn't a super serious movie. Yep. Nope, completely agree with that. It's it's not my first Stark, but my first Stark does kind of play off of that or play into that. Mm. Uh, mm. Going from Avengers to this is uh, a definite change in scale. <laughs> this is maybe the smallest scale, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, mm-hmm. uh, that we have in an MCU movie at this point. But it allows mm-hmm. for Ant-Man to be lighter and sillier. And I think, you know, as you said, the comedy works. Uh, more often than not and it's a light movie that you can pick up and watch and just have on in the background it's good it's really really good Mm -hmm. Uh, my second Stark is that uh, they nail the shrinking stuff like the the whole shrinking action and making the mundane environments more exciting than they have any right to be just by the the scale we've all Uh, seen a server room before or maybe not all of us but like a lot of us have (laughs) 
we ha- we've seen it, but we haven't seen it at the perspective of, of an ant uh, and flying through as it's all being electrified and burned out. It's I don't good. think I've seen Tiny World stuff since, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, mm-hmm. and it was done way better now, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, it makes sense. <laughs> there was an ant in that movie, though. It, mm. I don't remember a lot of that movie, if I'm being honest. Oh, all right. Well, it's been a while. It's a good movie. Sure. <laughs> I liked it as a kid, probably. Probably. I liked a lot of dumb stuff as a kid. I liked Street Sharks. I can't hold that against myself. I, still I mean, like who Sharks. wouldn't like I, I, Street Sharks are pretty fucking cool. <laughs> They're very jawsome. <laughs> What's your second stock? <laughs> My second stock is that uh, everyone's got really great chemistry. Yeah. Everyone works well together. Everyone plays off each other really well. I love the character dynamics between Pim and Lang, the cranky old mm-hmm. mentor and the kind of goofy new guy. Yeah, I like this sort of adversarial turned romantic kind of uh, relationship between Jan- uh, not Janet, Hope and Lang. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the family stuff is great. Lang and his daughter, very cute. Uh, yep. Hank and Hope is, you know, kind of sad, but then you get the, the the reconciliation angle. It's good. And everyone hates Taron Cross. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> it's Yeah, everyone plays yeah. off each other really well. Uh, good stuff all around. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Very good. Now let's get to the stanks, the poopy bits. Mm-hmm. Smelly, stinky Stinky butt bits. Um, my first one is uh, is the Falcon scene. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't fit in with the rest of the movie and feels like I say it feels like a studio note, but then I've got the trivia here, which is the Falcon's role in the plot came about after Adam McKay and Paul Rudd went to see Captain America: Winter Soldier and fell in love with the character. They casually suggested working him into the plot, and Kevin Feige informed them that it would totally uh, make perfect sense since Falcon was now living at the New Avengers compound after Age of Ultron. Like, I I really enjoy that scene, and I still, like, after you've pointed it out, I get exactly what you mean. It Mm. does feel like an afterthought. Visually, it doesn't fit. But, yeah, I mean, I like it. I can totally see why it's a stank here. I mean, I, I'm I'm straight. I'm I don't hate a lot about this movie, so I'm, so I'm yeah, really stretching I, for I, I was the stanks here. I was really reaching. Okay, well, what's your first stank then? I don't want to rag on the, uh, Darren Cross as a villain in this. I think he's very good as a character, but mm-hmm. I, the villain as an evil mirror thing, we've done it, mm-hmm. and we will do it again before the MC was finished. And I just. I Josh, feel, yeah, you've you've um, you've you've stolen my other stink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I put the exact same thing, uh, and I put another villain that ends up as a suit mod of the hero. Yeah, it's just like we've got a we've got an alternate model now, uh, Ant yep. Man versus Evil Ant Man. There's a uh, Pro ZD video out there. Yep, where he's just ragging on Marvel movies for having the shittiest villains, and they're all just what about. Ant Man, but he's a, he's a bad guy, bad evil, bad evil Ant Man, <laughs> <laughs> and it culminates with yeah. wait, wait, hear me out. What about Dark Elves? <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the MCU has had a villain problem. Character wise, Darren Cross is great, 
But mm-hmm. conceptually having a villain of the same power set is like, yeah. we've seen it before. Maybe build up to that and make <clears> them, <throat> yeah, I don't know. It's it's not ideal. Well, I mean, they do build up to it, but it's just it's the fact that he ends up being just the same, just another Ant-Man. <laughs> That's- yeah, but like may- maybe just save the mirror match for a few movies down the line when we're like, okay, we've seen him do cool, interesting stuff with people that aren't him. What happens mm-hmm. when he faces someone that is him? Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, that's so our Starks and Well, I haven't done my second stank. Oh, oh, that's right. That was, your that, that was your second stank oh, on right, my first. Okay. What's your second? I don't know how much I agree with this, mm-hmm. but I had to write something down. <laughs> okay. I feel like Ant-Man plays it safe for a movie that is about Ant-Man. Ant-Man's some weird bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and this movie mm. is a very safe movie a lot of the yeah. time. Mm. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, it's a redemption arc. We've got, you know, the the family trouble stuff, the estranged father, mm-hmm. the, the wife who's moved on stuff. We've got yeah. the villain who's the mirror match. It's, it's all, we've seen this stuff in other capacities in other movies before and yeah. It's Ant-Man. It should be maybe a little bit weirder. Which, I mean, it looks like we're getting there with Ant-Man, so I'm fine. Yeah. I, yeah, it, I agree. It could have been, it could have dug into the weirder side of Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also an MCU movie, so. Um, yeah, but think about how fucking weird that first Thor movie was at the time. Or how weird Guardians of the Galaxy mm. is. I would say Guardians of the Galaxy is weird. I don't. I wouldn't say Thor is weird. I'd say it's, that first one is, considering all we had as a reference point before was Iron Man and Iron Man Two. Mm, mm. Space Vikings, yeah, eight legged horse. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, sh- there, uh, there's aspects. Sure, I don't. It's still a fairly straightforward movie. It doesn't go super wacky. Yeah, like in terms of the uh, the characters and the arcs and all that stuff, it's not mm. fucking strange. But right. conceptually, there's some weird stuff in there. Sure. This yeah, is fair enough. Yeah. I know you. I know. I know you're stretching. I know you. Yeah. No, this is a reach. But I am. I am trying to justify it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Fair enough. All right. Now we come to the part of the show where. I just wanted to play that again. Um, where we rank the movie in with the, the, the rest of them. Yes, it is uh, the part where we rank the MCU, as the title uh, flat out says. So it does. our current rankings, I'm going to I'm gonna number our top three and then I'm just going to list them. Number okay. one, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Number two, Iron Man 3. Yep. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Avengers, Captain America the First Avenger, Iron Man, Thor, Avengers Age of Ultron, The Incredible Hulk, Thor the Dark World, and bringing up the rear, Iron Man 2. Where it will stay forever. Um, it's likely. Highly likely. <laughs> uh, I'm going to suggest we put Ant-Man after Iron Man above Thor. Really? Yes. That's surprising. <laughs> that is very surprising. I thought I was going to have to fight harder for this. Oh, okay. Um, 
I would have suggested above Iron Man behind Captain America. All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah? Wow. I wow. Only, look, I only put I only put it after Iron Man cuz I'm like uh, I didn't think you would want to <laughs> You would th- you would think Ant Man is better than Iron Man, but honestly, I think Ant Man is better than Iron Man. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Look, Iron Man gets points for being the first, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's important, and you know, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, there's just a, a layer of polish that Ant Man has, which is you know fair. We've been doing this for ten years at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've got ten years of experience making MCU films under our belt, and it mm-hmm. shows. Um, uh, and you're not going to put it above First Avenger, are you? That's that's out of the question. Well, originally, mm-hmm. at, at my very first glance, I was like, "Is this better than Guardians of the Galaxy?" Oh, I don't think it is. And then I went <laughs> no. down the list. I'm like, "Well, it's not Avengers either. Avengers is a weird like movie visually, but it is so much fucking fun to watch. It's so cathartic, and yeah, it's just a joy release of a movie." And then mm-hmm. Captain America, the first Avenger, also has a lot of that stuff for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think between Captain America, the first Avenger, and Iron Man is a perfect spot for Iron Man. All right. Let's do it. I, wow. I'm, I'm agreeing. Wow. That uh, that was painless. Fuck. <laughs> I, I really had no idea where you were going to uh, put Ant-Man, but uh, that's, yeah, that's fine by me. Yeah, I, I love um, Ant-Man. Is that mm, not quite the middle of the pack, but Ant Man and Iron Man together are the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our current rankings are Captain America: The Winter Soldier at number one, Iron Man three at number two, Guardians of the Galaxy at number three, with Avengers: Captain America: The First Avenger, Ant Man at yeah! number six, Iron Man, Thor, Avengers: Age of Ultron, The Incredible Hulk, Thor: The Dark World, and Iron Man two. Good job, congratulations everyone. to Ant Man. Yeah, no, congratulations to Ant Man. Look, I I feel like Iron Man is the point where we have an unqualified success of a Marvel movie, right? Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. below Iron Man, we're like, yeah, it's a little yeah. rough here and there, mm-hmm. but it's still like entirely watchable. And then we get to yeah. Thor: The Dark World and Iron Man Two, we're like, okay, maybe these aren't great. <laughs> um, I would start at Incredible Hulk, but <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, anything anything that goes above Iron Man past this point is now yes. just an unqualified success. Yeah, th- yeah, I agree. Yeah, so anything, yes, you're right. That's, anything that's above benchmark. Iron Man means it's even doesn't matter how high it is. If it's above Iron Man, it's a real fucking good movie. Yep, I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, entirely good. I'm, I'm glad we have that set. <laughs> Same. So, uh, how's our how's our future of Stark or Stank looking? In what way? Are we gonna have to come to blows? I don't know. I one... feel I feel like next one's gonna be rough because yeah. I know that I like Civil War a lot more than you do. You do, but well, I think so. <laughs> no, I, I also I think you do as well. But mm. with that said, with the movies that we have currently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think placing it's going to be too hard. What I think is going to be hard is placing stuff around it later. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I'm not. Well, I don't want to give away where I would put it. Number one. 
that's definitely close. Number two. <laughs> we'll see how we go. You're going to surprise me and just have all Captain America in your top three. We're going to we're going to like retroactively put First Avenger higher. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. No, no time to shine, not. Chris. No, 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 Evans. No, no. I had to specify which Chris. Look, I. I have gone on record as saying that before the MCU, couldn't give two shits about Captain America. Uh, after the MCU, uh, Captain America is a badass. And this uh, endeavor has really rehabilitated the character for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I I really like the Captain America character in in these movies. So yeah, yep. But totally, we'll see. Uh, understandable. We'll see how we go. Next week, when we watch Captain America Civil War. And then, yep. uh, so... So that'll that, be our first entry into Phase 3, right? It's our first Phase 3 movie. And where the fuck does Spider-Man Homecoming fit in? In terms of uh, order? I can't remember if it was after... I mean, it's definitely after Civil War, but like... Yes. I... Uh, MCU release order. Uh, because. Oh, no. Homecoming is on Disney Plus. Um, is it? Yes. Oh, God. It's so confusing. It's yeah, that's changing. the thing. Um, okay. So, Homecoming isn't until after uh, Guardians Volume 2. So, all right. <clears throat> yeah, okay. But, yeah, the Spider Man stuff is where we have to keep paying attention because I. I can't just go to Disney Plus and, and expect it to tell me where Spider-Man is because... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't just absentmindedly click on things now. It's We've actually got to put effort in. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, this Stupid effort. This the easiest part of my week. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it should be Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians Volume 2, Spider-Man. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is... Man, this, yeah. we're gonna, uh, it's a strong phase. Hell yeah, it is. This is this is fucking insane. Oh this, shit, this is gonna get way harder. Not because things are crap and I want to rank them lowly, but because things are good and yeah, exactly. will remain good. It's uh, there's some fucking bangers coming. Man, we're we're really catching up on the modern day shit. Fuck, yep. we're gonna run out of content soon. Yeah, press the panic well, button. Disney movies go. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I mean, you've given it away, but... We've talked about it before. <laughs> we, did we mention on the show? Yes, we have. Did we? I'm pretty oh, sure okay. we've spoken about it. Okay, I thought we only talked about it off the show. But anyway. And After this, look, we are if planning we to, to do <laughs> Disney movies. So. If we don't do that, we've, we've got the DCEU. I'm definitely going to do Disney movies. Definitely going to just neck myself before I watch all of the DCEU <laughs> movies. I'll watch The Suicide Squad. Can we just rank that movie? Uh, no, no. We've got to do that. Wonder Woman, the first one. Um, Shazam. Birds of Prey? Birds of Prey. That's it. Yeah, those we'll just do those four. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, eclectic group of movies. <laughs> um, but uh, it'll do. Absolutely. Definitely don't want to watch any. And also, hey, guess what? What? We're two weeks away. A week and a half now uh, from the release of the next MCU movie. Ah, yes. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Which we won't drink for a while, but still. 
Well, I mean, they come to Disney Plus pretty quickly, so I wonder if we'll even have to have a break there. I I feel like the way that we've got it sort of planned out, because this was totally Mm. planned out, it's all fine. Uh, Mm. We might be okay up until Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, because we are doing the uh, Disney Plus series as, 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 as well, right? Yeah, that's another reason we have to start paying attention because I don't know where, when. What was it? Wonder Vision's the first one, and then th- that came out like <clears throat> at some point. We'll figure it out later. Yes, you don't have to know about this. Thank you for listening, everyone. We're, we'll see you again next week where we talk about Captain America: Civil War. Until then, have a good, um, uh, ma- have a, have a marvelous fuck off day. Bye. Uh, bye. Are you Tony Stank? Yes, I am. I am Iron Man. Stank, stank, stank. Genius billionaire playboy. From the you stank. You stank. No, you do.